but I could not read somebody else's savings. I could not read somebody else's salary. And this is what I wanted. I wanted to uh, get access to some capital that would help me without worrying about whether I have the place to live in or, or not. Urban Jungle brings stories from people around the globe that design and build a better world. I am Magda Flores and this is Urban Jungle. Welcome. This is a conversation with Angelika Osmanova, founder and CEO of Lendonomy, a company specialized in providing financial solutions. Hello, Angelika. Hi, Magda. To picture where you are, would you like to share with us a place you like to visit near you? Uh, in this Corona times, it's hard to uh, say what kind of place is the easiest for me to get into. But if I had a chance, I would probably travel somewhere up north uh, in Norway uh, to see the Northern Lights. Because now is the season. The sky is fantastically beautiful there. And if I had a chance, up north. Fantastic. I've seen some beautiful photographs of the Northern Lights, so that is certainly one on the list. Tell us a little bit about your story. How did you get into finance in the first place? Oh, that that's a lovely story, actually, and a, and a pretty inspiring one, uh, I must say. I I never, I'm, I'm not a finance, uh, I don't have a finance degree, so I'm not a finance professional in any way, but I'm building a fintech company and have been doing that since uh, 2018. The company, Landonomy, is uh, two years old as of now. I got into the industry because I was trying to solve a problem that I had myself. Um, as a student in Norway, I had problems uh, with, with the money. So I had to borrow money from my peers to make cash last until payday, or in my case, scholarship day. And I always had these gaps month to month. And I had to borrow money from my peers. The experience was far away from fantastic. It was pretty embarrassing to go out to your friends or to your classmates and tell them, hey, like I need to, I need to pay my rent and I don't have the money to do that. Uh, and it's not because I'm overspending on something. Actually, I'm living a pretty humble life. But uh, well, the scholarship that I get or the salary that I get is just not enough to, to live on. And then you are in a situation where you have to borrow. You don't, you don't have any other choices. The, the experience was so embarrassing that I remember walking down the street and thinking, I wish all Norwegians just gave me one crown and I could pay my rent and I could buy winter shoes, uh, not to freeze in winter. And there were no apps for that. Um, there were lots of crazy things out there, lots of crazy technologies. Like for example, I could rent a dog if I wanted. I could uh, rent uh, some, some piece of clothing from somebody, but I could not rent somebody else's savings. I could not rent somebody else's salary. And this is what I wanted. I wanted to uh, get access to some capital that uh, uh, would help me spend that time without worrying about whether I have the place to live, uh, live in or, or, or not. Um, this is how it's all started. So I got the idea of an application that would uh, easily connect borrowers with lenders for small amounts of money for short term without overbearing interest rates in a very transparent manner. And then gradually it transformed into uh, a credit history building mobile application. 
So now in, on Endonomy, you can build your globally verifiable credit profile that is going to be valid wherever you go. You can take your credit history with you. Something that I did not have because I was an immigrant to the country. I did not, I did not have a credit profile. I did not have access to a credit card. Um, all P2P lending platforms were closed, closed for me because I was an immigrant. And uh, the only place for me, the only resort was going to my peers actively and asking them to transfer the money, the money to me. Uh, now with Lindonomy, that problem is finally uh, supposed to be solved uh, for people like, like I was uh, back in the days. So where are you originally from? Originally, I come from Kazakhstan, it's, uh, the country in Central Asia that borders uh, uh, Russia on one side and uh, China on the other side. So I bet there's an awful lot of snow at the moment there. Oh my goodness, it's so cold in there. Um, if you, especially on the northern part of uh, Kazakhstan, the temperature gets to minus 40. It's snowy, it's windy. Uh, very harsh climate, uh, definitely. How do you link the borrower with the lender? To match the borrower with the lender, we uh, use Tinder-like algorithms where we use the criteria on one side from the lender, um, that is amount and the maximum waiting time uh, to receive the loan back. And uh, on the borrower side, we're looking at the amount that the borrower needs and for how long the borrower uh, needs the money, like when the borrower is supposed to return the money back. We compare these two and then we match uh, borrowers with lenders using that set of criteria and we show then best people that we think will like each other. Then they see the list of borrowers, see the list of lenders and lenders see the list of borrowers. And from here, something interesting starts. Borrowers and lenders need to swipe either right or left to like in Tinder. Um, if both of them swipe right, then it's a match and borrower and lender can communicate. If they want to, they can have a chat. Um, the chat is inbuilt into the application. So it's nearly a near instant uh, communication experience. The borrower can ask lender questions, the lender can ask um, the borrower questions, and then it's an acceptance stage. Borrower needs to click on accept and lender needs to click on accept. After both of them accept it, we let both parties the possibility to sign a legally binding agreement right in the application. Um, they leave their digital signature and then the lender initiates the transfer. This is how the whole matching experience happens. One borrower can borrow money from different lenders. For example, if uh, the amount that you want to get is rather big, then uh, it's a good strategy to divide it among several lenders. So you can borrow money from several people. And vice versa, for the lender, the lender can diversify his or, his or her investment into several pieces and lend small chunks to different people. This is about the matching engine. Uh, in, in short, um, it's, it's more complex than that, but on high level, um, this is how it works. How did you build these credit profiles? Uh, when it comes to building a globally uh, valid credit profile, we save all the transactions on the blockchain so that you can verify them uh, at any time. And um, you as a user can use the reports, the blockchain verifiable reports that we create for you on your behalf to send these reports mm -hmm. over to banks in your country if they request an inf additional information on your credit uh, uh, behavior. Or uh, in some countries, it's impossible to rent an apartment without credit history. So you can show that 
report to your potential landlord. In other countries, it's impossible to find a job without credit history. So you can show that to your potential employer. And um, to, to build a blockchain uh, credit profile, we'll look into three types of data. The first one is how you actually deal with money. Do you return it back on time? Um, do you uh, communicate properly with the lenders and borrowers? Um, is there a delay in your paying back or not? Um, the second piece of data is how other people view you. Um, everybody receives reviews. Borrowers receive reviews from lenders and lenders receive reviews from borrowers because we try to promote responsible lending as well. So it's not the market where only lenders decide who to give the money to. The borrowers also have that power to choose among all the different investors on the platform with whom they would like to deal. Because money at the end of the day is personal. So we match people with each other. It's a personal money. So why not uh, choose the person you would rather have the money from? How do you incentivize the behaviors? Because let's say, okay, you have someone that understands that they should pay their money back in time. But what happens if you have someone that doesn't understand that they need to pay their money in time. So how do you get those people into the right behaviors? Uh, we use a set of different communication strategies to make sure that people understand what they're, what they're involving themselves in. Uh, for uh, borrowers, like you're describing, we send uh, push notifications on their mobile, uh, on, on their phone, and uh, we do it at the consist on a consistent basis. So when you just borrow the money, we tell you, you need to return it back on time by this date. Then when, you're, when the deadline for paying the loan back is approaching, you receive another notification that says, hey, like it's soon, soon as the due date, don't forget to pay back. On the payback day, we, we again send you another notification. If you are not reacting, um, your lender also has a direct link with you over the chat in the application. So you will also receive notifications on messages from your lender asking, like, um, Magda, are you paying back or not? Um, <laughs> that, that's one thing. And of course, if it happens that the user does not pay back, and that is, of course, a risk on any peer-to-peer -peer lending platform, uh, then we initiate a collection process. Uh, then the user also loses the points that he or she has accumulated over the course of using the application. Then we also have a gamification element that tries to encourage you to pay the money back. We have a virtual tree that grows in uh, the user interface, a really colorful, beautiful tree. And then if you do not return the money back, then your tree dies a painful death. And uh, <laughs> um, I understand that maybe some people would like to see the process of how it actually happens because it's, it's colorful and it's, it's actually beautiful and it's interesting to observe. But right after, uh, you're also losing, uh, you're losing your opportunity to ask for more money. You have to return the money back to keep building your profile. Everybody starts at a very low borrowing cap. You cannot borrow large amounts on Lindonomy. As such, the maximum amount you can borrow as a borrower is 1,000 euros. This is it. We're not going above that. And the minimum is 25 euros. When you're just starting on the platform, the maximum you can borrow is 100. So if you want to move up the ladder, move up, move up the stairs in the social credit hierarchy, if, if, if we can call it this way, you have to pay on time.
and you have to receive positive reviews from the lenders so that other lenders would also be willing to to give you the money. So have you noticed that this is a process for people to actually learn? Because it is very visual to have a tree, my tree is dying, so I better not let it die. Because I think in a way, have you also noticed that perhaps people didn't learn these throughout their school time? Absolutely. And this is a huge problem. If you look at the media attention to this market, you will see that a lot of people, especially in their early 20s, people who are just starting their adult lives, they really do not understand how credit works. It's uh, very difficult for some audiences to comprehend how credit works. Many millennials think that this is just their money. They don't understand that they borrow money when they use credit cards. And it might sound like, what are you talking about, Angelica? It's so obvious, but it's not. For many people who are just starting their adult lives, who have never had any experience in managing finances properly, who have never had any credit experience, they really do not understand how credit works. And we are trying to take upon this educational responsibility where we can show to these people, to millennials and Gen Zers, our target market, that this is how you manage a loan. This is what you're supposed to do. Uh, If you do not do this, this has uh, consequences. And also something that I forgot to mention before, but I'm so happy that you brought it up uh, with education, is that on top of the matching engine and of the, on the lending engine, we also have the educational platform. We have that tab in the application that you click on and you see a list of articles and videos about credit, finances, finding a job, not overspending money on things like coffee or clothing and other items. So we definitely want to educate this market and the tree is there not by mistake it's actually there for that specific reason that uh, that you're describing this is to educate uh, our users well you see i can actually see that also for older people because it is so visual it is age friendly so it doesn't matter if someone is old they could actually learn whether this is something that you will be doing in the future it's open to discussion, I assume. Yeah, yeah. The app is age agnostic. So you can use the app. um, As long as you turn 18, you can use the app. And then even if you're 81, you still can use the app. So uh, there are no uh, upper age limits to downloading and using the application. But what we are doing and why I say that the app is for the younger audiences is because everything that we have been building is to solve the kind of problems that usually younger people have. And the type of content that we share inside the application is also about how to adult, basically. But that does not mean that older people cannot use the application, that they definitely can. The further we go, the smarter our algorithms will become and uh, the better we will be able to understand what kind of educational content to show to different types of audiences. And the more features for different ages we will be able to also present. But as of now, as a startup, we need to focus. And uh, as of now, our focus is uh, on the younger audiences. But that definitely uh, does not mean that we are closing uh, for for audiences that, that are more mature. I think there's something very important there, particularly in respect to managing debt. 
if I'm happy with my management of my money and how much actually I pay for my rent. I think there are less stresses and people that suffer less stress means that hopefully they are also in a much better mental state. So being good with your money has a good relationship also with our mind and our heart in a way. Absolutely. And this is so true. When you see how people react to debt, the consequences of um, of that kind of mental state when you're always in debt, when you always have to repay somebody or when you, uh, when you don't know how to pay your bills can be really mentally destructive. And we, we did our own research and uh, we saw that people who are in debt, they more often have suicidal thoughts than people who do not uh, have any serious debt. And uh, solving a problem with debt is something that we also want to contribute to. Even though Londonomy is built for lending and uh, debt is something that you have before you pay the money back, uh, we're trying to build it in an ethical and sustainable manner. We are not allowing users to borrow large amounts when they join us. We do our best to educate them so that they would not overborrow on certain things. We see how people are uh, behaving in the application. So at any time, we can actually interfere and uh, say, hey, stop, Like you've, you've borrowed enough this month. Something is definitely going wrong with you. You're, you're not going in the right direction. Absolutely. The kind of mental problems that people have when they are in a loop of debt this this problem cannot be underestimated. Totally. And of course, there's also the fact that people that learn to use their money, they learn to know that I need that money. And one thing is to do it for budgeting purposes. But those that truly are in control of their money, then they can go to the next step. Yes. They can do investments. And if they can do investments and all they want is a little help to help them move so that the cash comes back to them, then we are talking about the next level, which is let's manage cash flow and let's manage what people call good debt. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And uh, um, this is also a beauty of uh, the system of the technology that we have built that you can start as a borrower. But at any time, when you feel ready, after you have educated yourself, you can go in and start investing. We do not have separate profiles for lenders and borrowers. It's all one profile for all. And uh, when you feel ready, go into the investment route and start earning that additional uh, additional uh, income that is available for you on the platform. So, uh, yeah, it, it, it's so good that you see those small things and these small uh, points inside the market. Definitely. Yes. Well, definitely your app is very disruptive to the banking system in a way. Well, well it, yes and no at the same time. On the one hand side, uh, yeah, we are an alternative source uh, of uh, finance, alternative source of capital. We also have our own alternative way of calculating risk profiles of users. We have trust scoring algorithms, which are very similar to credit scoring algorithms, but they have their own rules. But having said that, we might be really good uh, partner. To, to banks because we receive information about the behavior of users that banks have no access to. Th the types of profiles that banks receive are usually ones that are old enough to uh, take on larger loans. We are focusing, at least for now, on the younger audiences. And for them, Lindonomy is their very first way, their very first tool 
for managing loans. For many of them, Lindonim is going to be the, the first uh, and only tool for managing loans. That means that uh, banks are losing very val valuable information about early behavior of potential credit takers in the future. And we have that kind of data. When our users are mature enough to go on and take on a larger loan, let's say a mortgage or a loan for a car, then we will have enough information about their behavior to predict with a certain degree of certainty whether the specific user will return that money back on time. And that kind of information, the banks don't have. But we have that information and we can be a potential partner to the bank when it comes to data sharing, of course, upon consent from our users. Oh, how fantastic that it is developing their behaviors and partnerships. And you see yourself as working in partnership with various different financial institutions. Now, in terms of jobs, is this helping in the job market as well? To some extent, inside the educational platform, uh, we let different partners uh, of ours share educational content. And that content can be about, uh, well, let's say you're a company and you want to build a proper relationship with the young market. Let's say you as a company want to hire interns. Londonum is the perfect place for you to go to post a job application, uh, post a job ad or to use that platform to talk about your company or post an article about how to find a job or post a video about your company culture and that you're looking for interns. So it can be used for that purpose. It's not built for that purpose, but potentially speaking, definitely the help, the kind of help in finding a job uh, is, uh, is present on Lindonomy from our partner companies. So in your opinion, what is the future trend in financial management? Uh, Gen Zers, if you look at uh, the Gen Z market, those are uh, the younger folks who are coming after the millennials. They are being very, very careful with credit. Uh, they do not like credit cards. And this is the trend that we have seen started developing a few years back, first with younger millennials and now with Gen, Gen Zers. Um, people who were born in 2000 now are just, uh, now 20 years old. And uh, <gasps> oh, <laughs> I, I feel old when thinking about this. Um, but they already are getting their first credit cards. And um, if you look at the market of credit cards, Gen Zers do not really like taking any of them. They would rather prefer to borrow money from peers or from parents or from people rather than from institutions. The trust in institutions has significantly reduced over, over the last several years. We see that uh, there are a lot of uh, savings uh, apps have been appearing in the market. And uh, younger folks also like going to the savings route and seeing what works for them. The, the market is getting more and more educated. Uh, a lot of young people are now looking into ways of investing into crypto markets or mutual funds and uh, uh, it, even buying shares from uh, of different technology companies. This is something that also was not so popular before the millennials and the Gen, Gen Zers uh, started growing up. These are the, the highlights of what I remember, at least uh, that is going on uh, going on in the market. The rise of P2P payment application uh, is also obvious. Like for example, in the US, there is the app called Venmo. Um, or in Sweden, um, they have a very similar app, which is called Swish. 
in Norway, we have the app called Vips. Um, there is uh, another app which is now appearing on the African market and which is very similar to these two. And what it does, it um, allows you to instantly send money to whoever you want using their phone number. And the same app can be also used to pay your bills, to pay uh, in a restaurant uh, without any, any cash uh, or card. The society becomes cashless as well. This is another thing that uh, we see in the industry. In, in Sweden now, it's very difficult to find a place where coffee shops accept cash. It's, it's only cards. In Norway, a bit easier, but we see that, at least in the Scandinavian markets, the, the society gradually turns into a cashless one. Um, do you have anything else you would like to add? Oh, well... Uh, Take care of your money. Uh, be um, take uh, take a careful look at the terms and conditions of uh, all lending agreements you're going into. Uh, be very careful. Don't overspend money on unnecessary things. And uh, but at the same time, remember that there are people around you who might need a little bit of help. And uh, giving a helpful hand to a person who needs it now might uh, as well just be one of the best things that uh, you can do. What is next for Angelika Osmanova and the Lendonomy app? Uh, we're launching soon. We want to launch this year. If everything goes according to the plan, then already this spring, the application is going to be uh, up, uh, up and running and live in Norway. Now we are in a beta testing stage. We're gradually onboarding users and we're getting their feedback. But uh, later on, in a, in a matter of uh, several weeks or a couple of months, uh, that is supposed to be on the market. And uh, this is the next big milestone for us. And Norway first, and uh, then we're bringing the app to the European market as well. Well, very many congratulations. Thank you. Uh, too early to congratulate us uh, as of now. We need to launch it, uh, see if the market accepts it, see if people like it. And uh, if people like the application, then, uh, then we're good. If not, then we will work uh, towards uh, the market acceptance. And this is, this is a normal thing that uh, all startup companies do with testing the waters, seeing what works, what doesn't, and uh, adhering to the customer needs. And would you like to give us a way to get hold of you? Uh, absolutely. I'm always open to new conversations. If anybody wants to get in touch with me, feel free to uh, send uh, me a message on LinkedIn. Uh, I'm easily searchable there. Angelika Osmanova is, is my name there. And uh, of course, feel free to reach uh, out via our website. It's uh, lendonomy.io. Uh, there is a chat uh, button there available. So feel free to get in direct contact and I will take it from there. This is Urban Jungle with your host, Magda Flores. Thanks for joining. And if there is a topic or people you would like to hear from, all you have to do is drop me a line. My email address is urbanwsolutions at gmail.com. Join the next podcast with Rosy Ortiz about mental health and well-being. This one is in Spanish. Or the next one with Pete Russell about disrupting the food supply chain.